welcome to Your Career Podcast. If you're looking for inspiration in your career or job search, you're at the right place. I'm Jane Jackson, your career management coach and author of Navigating Career Crossroads. For more career advice and support, go to janejacksoncoach.com and find all you need to create the career of your dreams. Welcome to Jane Jackson Careers, a podcast that takes your career to the next level. Here's your host, Jane Jackson, author of Amazon Careers bestseller, Navigating Career Crossroads. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. There are over 180,000 book titles to choose, so give it a go and get your free audiobook today from audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. Well, hello and welcome back to my careers podcast where I interview successful professionals who have made fascinating career changes. Today, I'd like to welcome on the show Peter Black, who is an entrepreneur with many strings to his bow. Now, Peter and I were colleagues for a number of years and I always admired his tenacity and great attitude to life. So here's a little background for you first. Peter is a business and executive coach and has been conducting a portfolio career for over 10 years. He currently leads the coaching practice of Alchemy Career Management Practice in Sydney, which provides an integrated suite of services covering career transition, coaching and wellness at work programs. Peter's a chartered accountant and worked with PricewaterhouseCoopers for 26 years before commencing his portfolio career, which has included five years with global career transition company DBM as an executive coach and six years as group chair of SME CEOs with the Executive Connection, which we call Tech. Peter is an active presenter and media commentator on change, leadership, mature age workers, retirement and technology, as well as being a brand ambassador with Lenovo and an active social media expert. So let's find out how Peter crafted such an interesting career path and welcome to the show, Peter. Thank you, Jane, and a pleasure to be here and congratulations on what you've achieved in your uh, career as well as your reinvention, which I've observed uh, with admiration over the last uh, 10 years or so. Between you and I, we are masters of reinvention. And I think the important thing is I always say, no matter how challenging anything is, and especially with careers, there is always a way if you know what it is that you really love and you discover your true passion and direction. And I think we've both actually found that. As we've also found, Jane, uh, a lot of it comes down to us. Hmm. Uh, we, ha- we can't wait for others. We have to take the initiative. It comes back to that attitude of life. We live in a beautiful country. Uh, the opportunities are boundless. They're just not going to be in the traditional places. Yeah, that's right. You just have to get a little bit creative and think what's going to work. Now, more about you and a little bit of your background. Let's start off with what career did you dream about when you were a young boy, perhaps in your teens, and you were just thinking about careers? So in my uh, high school years, uh, which was in Perth in Western Australia, uh, I was an active debater. Uh, I was quite an academic, as you would probably well know. Uh, And I actually wanted to be a lawyer. And to do law in WA at the time, uh, you didn't need any particular subjects. 
So what I did was I chose a range of subjects that would maximise my university entrance mark. You know, I did things like physics, chemistry, high-level maths, some economics. Uh, and, uh, but to do law in WA at the time, one had to do a year and another degree. And originally I was going to do economics and then I saw commerce and I thought, no, that's more for me. And so I ended up uh, starting a commerce degree, which I then completed. And that then led into the chart of accounting, uh, which I started in 1980 with uh, Pricewaterhouse. Wow. And so did you start with PwC as uh, on their graduate program? Yes, it was. And it was Pricewaterhouse at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly, I'd actually worked with Coopers and Lybrand, which was the other part of the merged firm, uh, as a university vacation student in the late 1970s. Uh, and then joined Pricewaterhouse on their graduate program. I was in Perth for nearly four years, uh, which included a, a three-month uh, stint up in Mount Hagen, which is in the highlands of Papua New Guinea. Uh, before I came to Sydney in 1983 on a two-year transfer, I wanted to do corporate taxation work. Uh, and that two-year transfer has turned into 32 years, and I'm still here. Mm, yeah, Sydney's a great place to be. But what an interesting career journey as a chartered accountant for you, because uh, in your bio, it says you were at PricewaterhouseCoopers for 26 years. So as a finance professional, and this is this is interesting as well, how did your career progress within that area? So what I've done was, and it's quite interesting to reflect, Jane, because I did nearly four years of corporate audit, uh, and that was where we had to enter the graduate program. I then made a choice I wanted to do taxation because I'd enjoyed that subject at university. Um, Early 90s recession, uh, I'd got to a stage in my career where I was either on the partnership track or I wasn't, and for whatever reason, I didn't end up on the partnership track. And uh, in hindsight, probably the best thing that ever happened to be not being made a partner because it gave me the opportunity to move into practice management. And I became a director of finance and administration in the Parramatta office in Sydney. Uh, And then I just progressively over the next 14 years moved to bigger and bigger roles, all in practice management, uh, until I ended up as the national operations director uh, in PwC. I had responsibility for a lot of the shared services functions, a lot of responsibility for the merger integration, the logistics of it in 1998. Uh, And a lot of it was about change uh, and staying relevant, recognising who the internal clients were uh, in my case. Uh, But interestingly, I I basically had done my job until I effectively restructured myself out of a role uh, and ended up taking an amicable redundancy after 26 years. So in that 26 years, I probably had uh, probably about six or seven different roles, different scale, uh, different people, a lot of change. So it wasn't 26 years in one job. It was a lot of different roles, a lot of change. And that's really set me up for um, the future. Yeah, I think that the key there is really being adaptable to change. And normally when you think of someone who's been in one company for a long time, you don't realise that you can actually move in many different directions and you held so many different roles like Director of Finance and Admin, National Operations Director, etc. And and so you did demonstrate that you were adaptable and flexible to different environments as well. And so how did you feel when you finally, it sounds like you almost engineered your own redundancy, how did you feel about redundancy? 
Well, it was quite interesting, Jane, because when I was uh, in corporate tax, so this is going back to the late 1980s, early 1990s, uh, so this is when we had the, um, there was a major economic downturn. What Paul Keating, our Prime Minister, or our Treasurer at the time, said the recession we had to have. Uh, at the time, I was doing a lot of consulting taxation work to companies who were retrenching a lot of individuals. And a lot of those individuals were actually men in their mid to late 40s. And I saw the effect on them at that time. And I remember making a mental note to myself, I must make sure that I manage my life and my career with the possibility that that could happen to me. So to some extent, I had probably about a 15 year preparation for what turned out to be my redundancy. So when my redundancy actually came along, I ended up having about two years uh, inkling of it. And uh, whilst I explored every other possible opportunity to stay within PwC, in the end, I decided, no, look, it was not going to happen. I'd had a great career, very privileged to work there, very privileged for the opportunities that I had. Uh, I had no regrets, I had no bitterness. And uh, one of the things that I ended up doing afterwards was sharing the experience of, if that's the corporate reality, manage your brand before you even leave. And don't fight it because this is the adaptability that organisations need. And that stood me in good stead because I still have a very good relationship with PwC, a lot of the people there. Uh, so I did keep an eye on the future and an eye on my personal brand in that sort of two years before I left. And at the time, this is sort of 2004, 2005, we probably didn't have the same concept of personal branding as we do over 10 years later. Um, but in hindsight, that's what I was really doing. Uh, so I felt the process had been fair. Uh, I thought I'd had a great uh, change, uh, great innings, uh, great opportunities. Um, and it was the right time to move on to whatever was next. Uh, yeah, I, th I think that adaptable um, attitude that you had really would have put you in good stead and having witnessed all these other people who had gone through redundancies and the emotional turmoil that they could have gone through and also a lot of confusion um, and, and then being very aware that, okay, this could happen to me because none of us are, uh, say, you know, in quotes, safe um, in any corporate role, um, that when it finally happened, you knew, okay, so now I've got a good brand and I've built it. What do I do next? So when the redundancy happened, what did you do? So I was provided with a 12-month career transition or outplacement uh, program with a company called DBM. Uh, at the time, this is pre-GFC, so this is the end of 2005. Uh, I had... Uh, because I had so much preparation for my uh, redundancy, I'd prepared myself probably psychologically and also financially, so paid the mortgage off, uh, had some investments in place, had not lived a lifestyle commensurate with the income I was earning. I'd actually sort of invested for the future. So I had some flexibility. And I went to my consultant at DBM, which was a big global career transition firm, which has uh, now been taken over by Lee Heck Harrison, and uh, entered into this 12-month program. And my consultant was very good, a guy by the name of Robert Brown. And Robert said, look, you know, this is an opportunity to really explore yourself, uh, look at all the different opportunities. 
there was no pressure to just go and find another director of operations job. And one of the challenges I found, Jane, was that when you've been in a role like that in the largest accounting firm or largest professional services firm in the world, uh, everything else, to some extent, does it pale into insignificance. So I thought I've achieved a lot. Do I want to go and do the same thing? And so I ended up having what I now describe as my first gap year or my first retirement uh, in 2006. So I didn't work the whole of 2006. Uh, what I did do, though, was uh, a number of things. I took time on my career transition program, really did all the career asset exercises, the exploration of myself, uh, the psychometrics. Um, and you know, participated in networking events and internal events with other clients. Met some great people through that. Um, I then uh, found that uh, one of the options that I'd come across was being a financial planner. So I went off and did a graduate certificate in financial planning, which I was able to do through uh, the Institute of Chartered Accountants, where I'm a member. Uh, so did that, but I got to the end of that course and went, I don't want to be a financial planner. So whilst I'd invested some time and some money, um, I actually felt it was a really good investment because uh, I'd learned a lot and I also explored an option that I said, uh, it's okay that I don't want to do it. So I think one of the pieces of advice I'd give people who are going through this is be prepared to go down some rabbit holes and come back out going, okay, well, I've learned that. I don't have to follow it through. Um, the other thing that I learned in that year was how quickly uh, you can drop off the uh, networks and radar when you don't have a job. So I learned a lot about the importance of identity, uh, which has actually stood me in good stead for a lot of the mature age and retirement coaching I now do, because I think this is the biggest challenge retirees find, is that they lose their identity, they lose their sense of purpose, they lose their uh, social sort of connections and status. And I was young enough, I was only 47 at the time, so uh, I recognised that. And uh, in the meantime, my consultant was uh, left uh, DBM, I got another consultant, um, and I went along to my second consultant and, uh, at the end of my 12 months and said, look, I'm prepared to uh, call my program to a close, I've enjoyed it, I'm quite happy doing some consulting. And he said, would you like to work with us? I went, oh, okay. And that's where I started my uh, reinvention. Uh, I had to do a complete U-turn. I was trained up. Uh, but I recognised when I came in and joined people like you and some of our other colleagues that uh, you all had a lot of experience in career transition, which I didn't have. I had business experience. I had uh, coaching that I'd done as part of my role, but not uh, the deep career transition experience. So my challenge then was how do I get myself up to speed? And so making that change into career transition coaching would have been really interesting. And it really was a fun time because I remember when I met you, I'd actually transitioned myself from Singapore over to Sydney and I'd been coaching in Singapore and then I met you and the rest of the team. And that, that was just really, really interesting because you were getting yourself sort of established as a coach at that time and you did so well. But what did you find the most rewarding about becoming a career coach? I think the most rewarding, Jane, was how little I actually had known about myself and how probably insulated I'd been from the world in PwC because all of a sudden I was let into the, the real life stories of all of our clients 
uh, and I gained a much broader perspective, much greater understanding of people's personal backgrounds, uh, the diversity, some of the tragedies, some of the life events, uh, the cross-cultural aspects. And so it became this enormous learning experience, particularly through my clients. And through this, I also had a lot of clients that would come in to do their career transition program with me as their consultant. And they would say, oh, here's my Myers-Briggs, or here's my extended disc, or here's my Herman Brain, or here's my uh, Hogan assessment. And I'm going, well, what are all these things that I've never seen before? And I realised that I was a little uh, out of my depth, so I set off on this journey of bringing myself up to speed very, very quickly. Uh, so I went off and became accredited in a lot of these psychometric instruments that are used in business. I had the choice, you know, do I go off and do a four or five or six or eight year psychology degree? And I'm going, I don't really want to do that and I don't think I've got the time. So how do I do it a lot faster? So I invested a lot of time and a lot of my own money um, in becoming accredited. And through that process, I gained probably first and foremost a much deeper understanding, awareness and acceptance of myself. Um, but I also became a much better coach because I learned to understand uh, how people were different, how they behaved differently, what they did under pressure, and the influence of a lot of life events on people, you know, 30, 40 years later. Uh, so that was a fascinating journey. The other thing that happened, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in more detail, all this is happening around the time that a lot of social media was taking off. And because I'd always been very adaptable, as I was explaining previously, um, I thought this is a great opportunity to learn the new. So I embraced LinkedIn. I really took to Twitter. One of my clients uh, came out of Microsoft and he said, my preferred means of communication is Twitter. And I went, well, what am I going to do? Well, I better get on Twitter. And you, you and I know what a journey that's been. That's been. <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah, so we that, try and outdo each other with our tweets. <laughs> absolutely. And, and, and Twitter has been one of the best marketing, research, learning uh, connection tools uh, that I've found. Uh, and I still find it amazing so many people still don't get it. Um, it. The other real benefit, Jane, has been... You know, I've now got over 35 years of business experience, but uh, but a lot of people think I'm a lot younger because they see my uh, social media presence. That's how I ended up with the Lenovo brand ambassador gig. Uh, they saw my social media presence, they saw my relevance, and they saw my business experience. So my experience is still valuable. It also, though, comes with the necessity to be stay relevant, to stay current, to embrace the new. Uh, so it is an end, and it's probably one of the things that I see a lot of clients, they will hold on to their experience, but it's not necessarily as relevant for what the uh, organisations or the markets are actually wanting in this new hyper-connected world where, you know, our generational demographics are changing big time. 
Yeah, absolutely. Being up to speed with the latest technology and the latest methodologies is so important. You know what's interesting is in, um, I think it was my episode 57, I interviewed one of my past clients who, when he came to me, he was 52. And he was saying to me at that time, oh, Jane, I'm one of the greys because he's he was with his company for over 33 years. And he realized that he had to reinvent himself very much so. And it was really reluctantly that he embraced networking, which is something that you've mentioned is so important as well. But then he said he embraced the technology too. He said, then I got my first iPhone and then I got an iPad. And, and now he, he started to tell me all of the new things that he keeps learning. And the more you learn when it comes to social media and the technology, the more exciting it is as well, because it's a whole new world and it keeps you relevant. And that's exactly yeah. what you've done. Yes, and I think the other important thing with the technology and social media is not to just do it for doing it, it's to do it and then ask the question, how can I use this for business purposes? So one of the things that I'm finding with my embracing of external social media is I'm a much better consultant for uh, people in a corporate coaching role where they're using things like Yammer or Jive or Salesforce Chatter or Google Plus internal to an organisation. It's social media internally. Mm. Uh, so I've been able to sort of cross the, the bridge from the external publicly available to say the same principles apply internally. Um, you just have a very contained universe. So I, I think that's the question that I do say to people you've got to think you've got to be able to say we're still running businesses all the same principles of having uh, markets and clients or customers uh, having key performance indicators having objectives having um, strategies all still apply and that's where your experience comes in it's just that the channel that we might be talking about them will have changed uh, to we're either using external social media to connect externally or we're using internal social media. Um, and then you say, well, what's the costs? What's the ROI? Uh, how else may we use it? Yeah. What I'm getting from all of this, Peter, is when it comes to career transition and making a big change, even though people can be very anxious because they're a little bit lost and think, you know, what could I do next? If you stay up to speed with what the trends are out there uh, in the industry that you're in, or even in a different industry, if you want to transfer, if you know what's going to make you marketable, you'll be able to take the certifications, learn something new, gain a new qualification and make yourself relevant. There's always something that you can do. And so you've done that really successfully. And now, you know, in, in your business as a business executive coach, you know, you're doing phenomenally well, which is fantastic. So tell me, Peter, if you were to start all over again, would you do anything differently? Uh, not a lot different, Jane. Um, as I've been, you know, very satisfied with um, my life and you know career success and family and uh, so you know it, it, there's not too many um, regrets or things that I'd change. The other principle that I also adopt with clients and it's something that I have adopted personally uh, is whenever we make decisions, we make the I believe we make the right decision at that time uh, with our uh, with the facts that we've got in front of us, with the emotions, with the life circumstances that we have. 
And one of the things that I often say to clients who start beating themselves up, I wish I hadn't done that or I wish I hadn't done that, I say we're very hard on ourselves because what we overlook is what was actually happening in our life or in our emotions or our belief in ourselves at that time. So I'm very much an advocate for um, we made the right decision at that time. If we were to make that same decision today, yes, we might make a different decision. Um, so I don't go back and change it, but I do say we can design our future. Um, I would have still done a commerce degree. I probably would have still done a chartered accounting qualification because that that has been an amazingly powerful and you know connecting qualification. However, I don't know whether I would have stayed in professional practice, even though I'm a specialist in professional practices now. I love working in that space. Um, I think I might have followed the corporate route, gone into sort of probably would have been a finance or accounting role and then morphed into more of a management and strategy and overall sort of CEO leadership role. Um, and then I would have probably come back to doing exactly what I'm doing today. So I love what I do today. Uh, I love helping individuals. I love learning about them. I love um, strategizing about what they think is a complex problem, but to me is just a challenge to solve. Um, so I would have still, still be doing what I'm doing. Um, I probably would have uh, if I know now, and it's one thing that I'm passionate about helping young ones uh, do, is really get a lot more self-awareness a lot earlier uh, and give people a lot more of the interpersonal skills. I think there's too much focus on technical skills and qualifications at the sort of high school and university age, and we're not actually preparing people for the realities of uh, work and the world. Not, they don't have the resilience. Um, and the skills were actually needed. And ultimately, we're still people businesses, no matter how we communicate. And so a lot of those soft skills, those interpersonal as well as the intrapersonal, which is all about yourself, um, I think are really critical. So, no, I probably wouldn't change too much. Oh, well, you've had a really interesting career path, but I absolutely 100% agree. When it comes to developing skills and personal traits and aptitudes, when it comes to communication skills, leadership skills and also developing self uh, self-reliance and resilience that's so important because change is constant in our lives too so peter if someone's thinking of getting into consulting what would be your advice that they need to consider before actually making that leap uh, i think first and foremost uh, remember that if you are running your own business you are in control uh, I think one of the things that I find quite interesting is that when I was doing career transition work, a lot of clients would say, oh, I want a permanent job because it's more secure than being in my own business. And I said, well, why are you sitting here today? Uh, they go, oh, good point. And I said, that's exactly right, you know, in that ultimately an employer has control of your career. Uh, so I think recognise that you can control uh, However, you do have to have that initiative, that get up and go, uh, that proactive uh, externally facing mindset. So you have to be entrepreneurial. Um, I'm actually accredited to run a, an assessment now called the measure of entrepreneurial talents and abilities or META, um, which actually measures the factors that you know, will help you be entrepreneurial. Um, you have to be prepared to market yourself. Um, it's something that sometimes doesn't happen uh, 
uh, internal to corporate organisations because you are restricted from what you can say externally. So um, I know I found that a little hard to do when I first started, believe it or not, Jane. Uh, <laughs> um, but but the way the way I got around that was I said I have to be able to compartmentalise myself. I have to say I have a role as the marketing director for Peter Black, and I have to sort of have effectively two personas: I'm the marketing director, and I'm actually the delivery director. Um, so market um, network extensively, uh, embrace change as we've talked about. I think be very curious and have a learning mindset. Um, I think one of the most important skills that people can have these days is just knowing what question you have to type into Google, uh, and that's often what I do. So you were talking before about future trends. So you know, if I want to go and do a presentation on future trends in careers, I just go and Google, what are the future trends in careers? And it's amazing what comes up. Um, and then I put my own experience over the top of it. Um, definitely embrace technology and social media. Uh, it, it provides, you know, I effectively have a mobile office. I work a lot out of what we call the third space, uh, which, you know, is the space between an office and a home. I sort of have a couple of offices, uh, one at home, I have one at Alchemy uh, in the centre of Sydney, um, but a lot of my offices are actually the third space. They have train seats, they have cafes, park benches, um, I'll work anywhere provided I've got my laptop um, and my Wi-Fi modem. Um, and these days, you know, the power in laptops is fantastic, so you, you're less reliant on a PowerPoint. Um, so you can work anywhere. And then the social media, as we've talked about, uh, important learning channel, important marketing channel, uh, and important research channel. Yeah, I mean, those are really valuable tips. And I, I have to 100% agree with you. With technology today, it enables us to work anywhere. A little bit like myself, most of my coaching is conducted via Skype. So mm. clients are from all over the world. I can be anywhere in the world. As long as there's an internet connection, work can be done. Coaching yes. can be completed. And I think you've embraced technology in such uh, with such open arms that you've managed to create a really good business for yourself and you're able to help others who are going through transition as well. It's a really rewarding career, isn't it, Peter, helping mm, others? Mm, yeah. mm. I think I think being a coach, uh, being a mentor, being a career transition specialist, it's it must be, well, certainly for me, I feel like it's one of the best jobs in the world because every day you get to make a difference to someone. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, Peter, tell us, how are people to get in touch with you if they want to find out more about Peter Black? Um, very easy, actually, Jane. Uh, the easiest way is to go Google Peter Black Executive Coach, and you'll be amazed at how much comes up. I, I did that just before we came on the podcast, and I was all on the front page, which is what you want to achieve, and through so many different sites, so you can find me there. Um, you can go to three different websites where I'm uh, all over. Uh, one is alchemycm.com.au, which is my executive coaching practice lead um, at Alchemy in Sydney. Um, one is uh, tec.com.au, which is the executive connection. That's where I work with a lot of SME CEO owners. Or my own website, peterblackcoaching.com, uh, and uh, that's my own website, which in turn has links to you know, the other websites and all the stuff that I do with a technology, social media, a lot of the personality and other assessments, um, a lot of my podcasts, my presentations, my media interviews. Um, so you can see how 
I've done a lot of that over the last 10 years from starting from nothing at the age of 47. Uh, I've really just embraced the cloud, I've embraced technology, um, I've embraced learning and I've embraced the new and uh, adapting to it. So thank you so much, Peter. That is wonderful. I'm going to have all of this information in my show notes on my website, janejacksoncoach.com. So just hop over there and look for the podcast and you'll be able to find all of Peter's links there as well. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please hop onto iTunes and leave a review because that way we get to reach even more people and we'll be able to assist even more who are going through career transition and reassessing their careers. No, thank you, Jane. And uh, it's a, a pleasure and a privilege to be here. And once again, congratulations on, you know, you've had a very similar journey over the last uh, five, 10 years that I've observed. And uh, you and I are really sort of Uh, demonstrating what is possible with the right attitude. So uh, thank you and congratulations to what you've achieved too. And um, your book, Navigating Career Crossroads, is just amazing. It's, you know, written in a current and relevant mindset. um, And I know it's achieving global success. So congratulations on that too. Thank you, Peter. Very, very kind. But today is all about you. So I'm just really pleased to have been able to interview you. Thanks so much. And we'll be getting you back soon. Thank you, Jane. Okay, bye. You've been listening to Jane Jackson Careers. Sign up to receive regular career advice at janejacksoncoach.com. Thanks for joining me today. For affordable career help, please check out my career success program. I provide a unique blend of online and live career coaching to help you take control of every aspect of your career or career change. If you aren't aware where you want to be in your career, let's talk. Check it out at thecareersacademy.online. The links are in my show notes.